Hello and welcome to the Vaporwave special, the Vaporwave aesthetic special of Shuffle. Aesthetic. 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 You're going to hear the words vaporwave and aesthetic <laughs> a lot. Uh, please remember to listen to the playlist that we will be discussing in this episode. Links to a Spotify and YouTube playlist can be found in this episode's description. So this is the very first in a new series of Shuffle episodes that will be focusing on genres and movements in music. Uh, I, I'm personally going to try to find weird, fringe, obscure genres to talk about that I find interesting, and I hope you will too, but please feel welcome to recommend and suggest genres you'd like us to talk about, and they don't have to be weird, niche, micro-genres. In fact, we already have a suggestion to do a post-rock episode, nice, and an underground indie hip-hop episode, so nice. feel free to send in submissions. Can we just do a Paul McCartney? Because I, th- yeah, it's kind of a genre unto itself. Well, you're going to have to go on one of Shuffle's social networks and uh, send it to me, and maybe I will. Damn it. All right, I'll have to unblock well, Okay, so what? We could do a Beatles song, a Wings song. Paul McCartney solo. Paul McCartney solo. Paul McCartney with Michael Jackson. The one song they (laughs) did. That's a classic. Wasn't he in another group at one point in time? Like a a super group? He was in Cream? He had Led Zeppelin for a while. Really? Yeah. Are you fucking with me? (laughs) No, dude. I swear to God. When was Paul McCartney doing stuff with Led Zeppelin? Look it up. Look it up. You're fucking with me. (laughs) You're lying. You're a goddamn liar. I'm pretty sure. In my Paul McCartney genre, there's a couple songs of Led Zeppelin that he's in. So, yeah. I'll... All right, I'm going to fact check you. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> so, I, I know I've kind of ruined this question because I've spoken to you about this a little bit outside mm. of recording. But, so, if, if you could... Simply based off of the five songs you listen to, what do you think Vaporwave is? Based off of that and that alone, I would. I think I almost like wrote this down. Vaporwave is like um, based only on the five songs. I would describe Vaporwave as very gently remixing songs to give it a kind of gentle, slightly experimental but not really that experimental kind of ambient feel but it's a gentle remix that was kind of what i felt that's why i feel like vaporwave is I think it's gently like, remixing i think that's perfect like, yeah that's a great description okay, of it like there's a lot of like contextual and political aspects to it yeah which i am missing you, out on it's i think you bring up a good point that without knowing about it the music does not convey those ideas whatsoever <laughs> yeah, I, don't think, I didn't pick up on any revelation like there's undertones. a whole world of like background knowledge and visual cues that go Damn. hand in hand with the music but you you simply do not get it through listening to the music alone. yeah yeah i couldn't pick up on any commentary see it's interesting <laughs> I knew about Vaporwave before I listened to any of the music, so... Could you get a little bit of... I mean, yeah, I guess if you if you think about it and if you're looking at the, the artwork that yeah. goes along with it, but I almost wish I could have been in your shoes listening to it from, yeah. like, a... Pure. A pure... My, my, I'm so pure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, yeah, gentle Vaporwave. Gentle remix. 
like soft waves of vapor. Yes, yeah, exactly. We're not gonna do too much. Over you. Don't worry, song. We're not gonna manhandle you. We're not gonna do too much. We're just gonna little thing here and a little thing. We're gonna slow you down. Slow it way down. Slow it down and just let you let it run. Vapor. So, <laughs> what is vaporwave? Vaporwave is a musical micro genre. I need to take notes. That emer- yeah, <laughs> everyone get your pen and paper out. There will be a quiz. <laughs> so vaporwave is a musical microgenre that emerged in the early 2010s Damn. among internet communities that is characterized by a nostalgic fascination with retro culture aesthetics, hmm. such as 1980s, the early 1990s, maybe even the mid-2000s. There's also fascination with video games, technology, advertising, uh, styles of commercial and popular music, such as like smooth jazz, funk, elevator music. Mm-hmm. And music sampling is prevalent within the genre, with samples often pitched, layered, or altered in like kind of a classic chop and screwed style. And central to the style is often a critical or satirical preoccupation with consumer capitalism, pop culture, and new age tropes. Huh. Did not pick up on that Probably one. Probably didn't pick up uh, on a lot of that stuff. I'm too indoctrinated <laughs> with the mass culture. So, yeah. so in, it, it has been described as a degrading of commercial music in an attempt to reveal the false promises of capitalism. Whoa. Uh, music writer Adam Harper of Dummy Magazine describes Vaporwave as ironic or satirical or truly accelerationist, noting that the name Vaporwave itself is both a nod to vaporware and the idea of libidinal energy being subjected to the relentless sublimation under capitalism. Wow. So let's talk about the name Vaporwave. Uh, Similar to how Adam Harper referenced, it kind of comes from two places. First of all is a thing called vaporware. Are you familiar with the term vaporware? I Not off the top of my head, but it sounds vaguely familiar. Is this like a Tupperware product or what? <laughs> kind of. It's a... Uh, you just vaped. I just vaped all over the microphone. Dude, did a little bit, did a little bit, little bit, little bit, little bit, little bit, little bit, energies that capitalism sublimates just come out of your mouth. Yeah, I just subjected it to the libidinal energies. I think I just ejaculated my libidinal energies. So nice. I vaped my pants, bro. I vaped, and I vaped in my pants. I okay. hope people that are into vaporwave listen to this and let us know what they think. Yeah, post this on like uh, vaporwave. Yeah, I'll go pages. to the the vaporwave subreddit. That's nice. One of the largest communities of Shit, vaporwave dude. right now. We got a new demographic. Yeah. New key demo. Okay. Gonna get those listens up. <laughs> so vaporware, it's the term for a product that is announced to the general public but is never actually manufactured or officially canceled. So intentionally or just it happens just it's very events. gray. It's oh, very gray. Okay, wow. It started out as things that were unintentional. I'm okay. sure like they announced this. I, I, it, I think it started. It was coined by someone who worked for Microsoft. I think it, um, you know, a company, a technology company announces this huge future product. Yeah, that's 
five years off and you know maybe it loses funding or the company goes uh-huh. under okay. but then people start to see like how that just announcing things like generates buzz and PR so then yeah. you know companies started to like advertise for these products that uh, they'll come out in the next 10 years and then it just never comes out like Chinese democracy man yeah except it finally it did finally come out fuck that was the biggest mistake they made yeah they did <laughs> Some Other than maybe day. this tour they're about to go on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the other part of where the name came from is actually from Karl Marx's Communist Manifesto. No kidding. That's where this whole idea and obsession with capitalism and critiquing it came from. Yeah, right. A lot of a certain vaporwave artists have actually like narrowed it down to a certain excerpt from the manifesto. You got it? Yes. Okay. Constant revolutionizing of production, uninterrupted disturbance of all social conditions, everlasting uncertainty, and aviation distinguish the... Fuck, I have a typo. Bourgeoisie? Is that how you say that? Yeah, yeah, yep, 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 exactly. Uh, from all the earlier ones, all fixed, fast, frozen relations with their train of ancient and vulnerable prejudices and opinions are swept away. All new formed ones become antiquated before they can ossify. All that is all that is solid melts into air. All that is holy is profane. And man is at last compelled to face with the sober senses his real conditions of life and his relations with his kind. Wow. So the line, okay. all that is solid melts into air referring to the constant change society is subjected to under the bourgeoisie of capitalism is kind of where the name vaporwave came okay, from. Okay, okay. In context, the quote becomes part of an almost accelerationist credo touching on the inevitability of obsolescence and echoes the vaporware of artists' critique. Wow. My mind is it, blown. It's a, you know, I've it's a read, bit of a stretch. Maybe. I guess I, I've read Marx. And I can't say I understood it until now. These guys cracked the, the code. Wave got the fourteen-year-olds yep. yep. on Tumblr cracked the they code. They fucking figured that out, and yeah, they realized they realized his theory in this music. So there's a <laughs> <laughs> there's a pretty interesting documentary. It's about twenty minutes long, called "Vaporwave: A Brief History," that a vaporwave artist <laughs> known as Wolfenstein OSX made. Yeah. It act. It, it, I plan on posting it with this episode, and he talks about how the name vaporwave comes from a Marxist. He didn't say Carl said it, but just a Marxist philosopher or someone had some like terminology that was called waves of vapor, and I googled hmm. the shit out of it and I couldn't find anything. So I think he might just be making some shit up. Yeah, I haven't. I, I don't know heard? if you've ever heard of the term waves of vapor in reference to socialism or communism or no. anything like that. No, I, it's not ringing a bell. It's not okay. ringing a bell. It's I, probably bullshit. Yeah. Thing. Or it's just a real, like, throwaway line by some obscure... There's a million Marxist theorists. That's true. But it's not a well-known one, as far as I know. All right. Waves of vapor. Waves but hey, vapor. dude, you know what? These Marxist guys, they produce the books and then, like, vapor into the air... <laughs> Disappear. You know what I'm saying? So maybe yeah. he's performing Vaporwave by referencing By referencing something that never thing? exists. Yeah. It's vaporware. Duh. He's referencing 
<laughs> Marxist philosophies Dude. that never existed, but they were supposed to. Dude, that's the essence of consumerism, bro. Damn it, Wolfenstein OS X. <laughs> Clever bastard. So, paper. Let's talk about this word aesthetic. 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 <laughs> okay, so I also plan on posting a video that I know you've seen. Uh, there's a YouTuber named Frank Job C. Who highly recommends. I, I'm going to. You you, you need to watch this video. <laughs> he basically takes all of these obscure micro genres that are being generated online and teaches you how to create them. Yeah. He basically boils it down to their basic essences and they're, they're very humorous. Yeah. So he makes. There's actually a two part video he made all about vaporwave aesthetics and. He's he, if you're interested, he sells T-shirts that in three words on a black T-shirt says <laughs> "ass dead dicks." <laughs> you know this guy might be the most at vaporwave because he's revealing the modes of production of vaporwave as a genre and how vapid they are. Dude, That's that guy's fucking vaporwave. It's like that dude in the '90s who like that that renegade magician who like showed how they did oh, yeah. all the tricks yep. you remember that guy yeah, who wore yeah. a mask and everything <laughs> Dude, that's what that's frank jossie is he's vaporwave bro so if you know anything about vaporwave you've probably seen the word aesthetic probably written with a space between every letter of the word like in italicized like, yep. aesthetic. Mm-hmm. It, it's kind of you know if you know the word aesthetic it, it's actually it's a philosophy. <laughs> Aesthetics yeah. is the, like the philosophy of art and the study of beauty and taste. Yep. It is about interpreting works of art and art movements and theories. But these vaporwave artists and kids who like vaporwave art are appropriating the word yeah. aesthetic to try to give it new meaning. Because it's a noun. But they're making it they're an adjective. They're using an adjective. Yeah, it's a And another video I plan on posting. <laughs> Actually, PBS has this YouTube series. I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head. But it's this guy who does these like 15-minute videos on like weird internet movements. And he oh, did wow. a little documentary all about this reappropriation of the word aesthetic. No kidding. Wow. And wow. so from watching this and kind of gathering everything else that I've been studying... I realize the vaporwave usage of the word aesthetic is similar to that of the word, like, lol, LOL. Yeah. It is a way to short, like, basically break, rather than having to write, like, a big sentence about this made me laugh. Yeah. Just say lol. Yeah. So rather than kids saying, like, this song or this art you made is something that resonates with me in a nostalgic yet sad way they just say oh that's aesthetic <laughs> i love it you man. know it's yeah hey, why not? that's that's kind of what i gathered it's the basically just giving it yeah. a new meaning as like an internet abbreviation every movement needs its own yeah. language man yeah i can dig it i can dig yeah, it. yeah or like how like someone like if someone was to try to like humorously convey that they're tired, 
they might post a picture of someone who like fell asleep in their food and then just write the word same underneath. I'm sure you've seen something <laughs> yep, like that. Yep, yep. It's the same thing there. Yeah. Rather than saying, I I really like this picture, you just say aesthetic. Yeah. This that has aesthetic or that is aesthetic. Yeah. That, <laughs> aesthetic. That, 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 that's what I gathered. No, that's a good read. That makes that makes a lot of sense based on what I saw, just on like YouTube comments. Just aesthetic. Yeah. It seemed like it had almost like a performative angle to it than like even referring. Like you just do it to like show you're part of the, yes. the group. And also, you know, it's been around long enough because if anything exists on the internet for more than five seconds, I would say the majority of them are trolls making fun of, like, you know, they're just being dicks. Yeah. Like, oh, aesthetics. But yeah, you go on to a YouTube video of any of these songs. I'm sure you won't even make it five comments down without someone saying the word aesthetic, italicized with spaces and tildes before and after it. (laughs) All right, so let's kind of, I want to kind of move to a a history of Vaporwave as, as best as I could. And like I said, the guy... Wolfenstein OSX, his documentary is going to be like cover this way better than I did. This yeah. is kind of an abbreviated version of his brief history. Nice. So, Vaporwave began as a visual aesthetic, aesthetic. actually, it, before the music appeared in online communities such as, and yeah, every time I say the word aesthetic going forward, I want you to like do aesthetic. that like, in the background. Aesthetic. So, it began as a visual aesthetic. In online communities such as Tumblr and Reddit that were obsessed with 80s and 90s pop culture, glitch art, early shitty 90s 3D graphics, Mm. Roman classical sculpture and busts, Mm. tropical landscapes, and Japanese culture. Mm. And a lot of this, I think, I don't know if it was happening at the same time, but I know we've talked about Witch House briefly before. Witch House also kind of has an obsession with all these 90s pop culture references, uh, shitty early 90s 3D graphics. There's there's some overlap. Yep. These weird, fake, quote-unquote fake genres that appear online. Yeah. And... When this imagery began to mix with the sound of 80s elevator Muzak, and I M U Z A K. Muzak. 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 <laughs> Vaporwave was born. And it's been speculated that since it began on the internet within small subcultures with really no distinct origin point, it's actually considered to be one of the very first genres of music to be instantly globalized upon its birth. Wow. Because no one can really say this is exactly where it started. Right. Okay. Now, <laughs> like, no music scholar came forward saying this. This is like, <laughs> this is vaporwave people saying we're the first globalized. Because, yo, music scholars are the bourgeoisie. Now, bourgeoisie. Now, this is a global rising of con- of the proletariat consciousness. <laughs> I dig it, bro. I go. dig it. Just like Uncle Carl Marx, you know, suggested what happened. Good old Carly Marx. <laughs> so Vaporwave, it, it has a very interesting timeline. I'm going to kind of briefly go over this and we're going to delve deeper into it. So it begins with these pictures showing up on Tumblr of these 
pink backgrounds with Roman busts and Japanese characters. Fuji water. They're obsessed with Fuji water for some reason. And then the music kind of started clashing with it. A lot of people think it began mm. with an album from Daniel Lopatin, who we might know as One O Tricks Point Never, someone wow. that I've talked about at nauseum on this yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah. And so it started with an album from him, and then from another artist named James Ferraro, who put out an album that was actually a very serious critique on capitalist society, which is really? where I think this obsession with critiquing capitalism came from. Wow. The sound came from Daniel Lopatin. Okay. And the ideology came from James Ferraro. Okay. Okay. But it but it's kind of fair to say, at least in terms of the history, it kind of started around visuals. Correct. And then music kind of got built around it and ideas. That's okay, what I've that's gathered. interesting. Yeah. I can because see it, that. it started just happening with like this weird Tumblr art that was posted. Yeah, that's interesting. That's and then I think people who got into this art heard these two albums yep. and they started being like, there's some similar themes yeah. going on yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some people also credit an artist known as Skeleton who was also releasing music around the same time that these two other albums came out. And it's... I've listened to it. It sounds very similar to... Like, yeah. It's a lot more raw and abstract but it does have like vaporwave vibes to it but the main two are daniel and james okay so then these ideas and sounds were then appropriated by young teenagers on tumblr and reddit and pinterest who then pumped out vaporwave from their pirated copies of fl studios Mm. they just started going on youtube grabbing old 80s and 70s funk tunes, slowing them down, glitching them out a bit, posting weird album art on it, and just throwing it out into the masses. Yeah. Same thing happened with Witch House, too. Yeah, same. Like, one thing came out, and then all of a sudden, like, all this just shitty wave of Witch House hit everybody. (laughs) And then, like, as soon as it came, it washed away... And there was like a couple artists left that were actually making good music. Yeah, yeah. But then Vaporwave takes this weird turn because so it starts out as starts out as pictures, then becomes music critiquing capitalism with pictures. <laughs> then artists start coming out and rather than critiquing capitalism, make music that encourages capitalism music meant for business elevators in the vaporwave style it was like really anti-vaporwave it was like wow music for business elevators and supporting consumerism and capitalism and starbucks wait where'd this counter movement come from it, it literally like the way that this works is like one artist just puts out an album and all of a sudden copycats follow yeah and i should say almost all of these vaporwave artists Another huge aspect of it is anonymity. <laughs> yeah. They're all anonymous. No yep. one, they're no names, no faces, just monikers. Yeah. So huh. like huh. that's why it's so hard to tell like this person started that. Right. We can show I can like point to examples of this music, but I can't tell you who, who started exactly the counter vaporwave yeah. movement. Wow. But and, people who use that that genre name vaporwave 
they were making music that was pro capitalism? Or yes. did they did they strongly identify as vaporwave? Or yeah. Just kinda... Well, like, because a lot of this just appears on like Bandcamp, so like yeah. you can really base it off like how they wow. take their music, and they weren't like saying like anti-vaporwave or meta-vaporwave. It was just vaporwave. I'm getting a bit of an Illuminati vibe from this whole thing, yeah. man. Illuminati. <laughs> and so then shortly after that vapor meme came along oh. which was like very self-referential self-degrading vapor vaporwave music making fun of vaporwave music you know if it's on the internet that's bound to happen yeah it's basically meme based vaporwave music yeah. And then, you know, all these different subgenres started flowing in. Some trying to make sounds of virtual utopias that we never got to experience. Some making trying to make the sound of virtual dystopias that we never got to experience. Some trying to like make tracks purely from VHS recordings. Some people trying to make music for like virtual malls that <laughs> exists in the internet. It's called Mallsoft. It's a, it's a whole subgenre. And then there's like, and then there was like certain people that were trying to use the vaporwave aesthetic in an apolitical way without critiquing capitalism, mm-hmm. but just trying to use the sound and the sonic feel of vaporwave to sublimate my libido. Yes. Right. To be clear, because that thought, it's it's all just precious bodily fluids at the core of this right and who's where what direction they're flowing right yeah and they're trying to make it flow back inside (laughs) of you rather than outside right 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 classic Marx. i mean that was his whole thing is you know sex and you know ejaculating into yourself it's all about the precious precious bodily fluids that was what the cold war was about if you know that's what if you look deep enough (laughs) (laughs) so let's let's dive into some of these subgenres. So the first one, and I should preface this by saying I'm glad I'm. There's a bunch of like infographics that 4chan and Reddit made that kind of breaks it all down. There are way more that I'm going to touch on, but I'm trying wow. to just touch on like the major ones that I feel are important. Right. So the first one are your proto vaporwave musicians, the people who were doing vaporwave before it was a thing. Such as Daniel Lopatin, 103 Point Never, which is actually where our first song comes from. Okay. So this is by an artist called Chuck Person, which is a moniker of Daniel Lopatin. Oh. Chuck Person and his album Chuck Person's Echo Jams Volume 1, which came out in 2010. In our first song of the playlist, A1 A1. by Chuck Person. Now, this technically wasn't ever labeled as A1. It's just one continuous mix of music. Fans have listened to it and kind of noticed like when you can kind of just tell like when one song ends and one begins and have sectioned it off and labeled it. A1, A2, and so on. And then eventually an actual physical cassette release came out, which is wow, where like the words day. A1 actually came from because that's how cassettes You're used right. to be labeled. I see, I see. So this huh. album's music consists of what 
Lopatin terms echo jams, quote unquote. Echo jams. Echo jams, which are audio pieces which typically sample micro excerpts of 80s pop songs or other forms of popular music and slow them down in a manner reminiscent of chop and screwed styles. Hmm. Music critic Simon Reynolds has characterized these works as relating to cultural memory and the buried utopianism within capitalist commodities, mm. especially those related to consumer technology in the computing and audio-video entertainment area. Uh, when asked what he thinks about this album giving birth to Vaporwave, Lopatin had this to say, I don't know much about it. I've emailed a few times with Ramona, who is the third artist we will be talking about, mm. so I'll get to that later. All right. And he called her very intelligent. He said, I'm glad people are enjoying the Echo Jam stuff. I always hoped it would be something people would just do. It's kind of folky by nature. So he made it with the intention of other people emulating and doing what he did. Right. Right, right. But I think it's important to note that he kind of did this just as a fun joke. <laughs> like, this wasn't serious. He wasn't trying to make a yeah. statement. He released this for free anonymously as just kind of like this. Look at this weird thing I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's hinted in other interviews that we can expect more volumes of Echo Jams and future releases from Chuck Person in the future. Mm. As he said... There are multiple things already recorded in the cryo chamber just waiting to be dethawed and released to the masses. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Sputnik Music's Eli Shoup. Sputnik. Yeah. It's, it's a music review website. Had this to say about the album. The album is credited with devising the ill-fated vaporwave movement. And yet, Echo Jams is far from the genre's most pure example of what it represents. For starters, the record is largely devoid of any thematic direction, save for the twisted cover artwork that features the beloved Sega Genesis game Echo the Dolphin. Gone is the corporalist, anti-corporalist subject matter that permeates most of Vaporwave's releases, and what is left over remains a murky, deliriously twisted piece of chopped and screwed 80s and 90s which for the most part is better without any thematic direction better without a it's an odd compliment yeah. <laughs> and if yeah. anyone's curious if you've listened to it this song a1 is pretty much just a slowed down and yep. severely glitched out version of toto's song africa it's mm. pretty much I, I'm pretty sure it's just like a 10 second clip just glitched over and over again. So what did you think of this track? Yeah, uh, I, I would say, you know, I was ambivalent. I was ambivalent. I Parts of it I kind of appreciated as like a kind of germ of, a, of an idea. It sounded, yeah, kind of like weirdly nostalgic almost campy but with a kind of you know di critical distance but at other times it sounded like it just simply was camp like price is right music public access tv so I, yeah <laughs> so I was, I, it was like c c 
kind of there's something there. I could kind of imagine listening to it and being inspired to do something else. But in and of itself, it kind of, you know, it's so-so. It's kind of hard to listen to. Yeah, I, I don't, can't imagine ever listening to it again. It, uh, <laughs> it begins very chill, kind yeah. of experimental, and then oh, it yeah. slowly devolves into this extremely unsettling and eerie track, almost yeah. like if it was severely damaged. Like, yeah, it's very interesting, but it pushes my ability to enjoy it at some points with how chopped and screwed it actually gets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the first 45 seconds of the song, I really like. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. The first 45 seconds of the song is like, ooh, this is a song I want to listen to. But then, as it keeps, like, glitching and skipping over yeah. and over and over, it's like, okay, I can't. I can't focus. Right. It's distracting on my yeah. ability to listen to this song. And it didn't... At times, it sounded, like, very random. Random... And, like, random... There's people that can do, like, glitch random stuff, and you get a sense that they, they're doing it with an idea in mind. But sometimes it sounded a little bit chopped. Just, like, I couldn't get a sense... Yeah. Why he was doing it. And the most charitable read I can give it is like you're just supposed to feel alienated from the music. I think that's fair. Maybe you are. Yeah. I mean, because, yeah, I experienced the same thing. He started out kind of like, yeah, there's something interesting going on. And then it sounded, yeah, hard to listen to. A little hard to listen to. I think in his defense, this song is a lot more enjoyable within the context of the whole album. Yeah. Because like I said, it really does, it's like a mixtape almost where it just like flows from one song to the other. Yeah. So I don't really know if this was ever intended to be listened to like we did, like solo, isolated yeah. from the rest of it. Yeah, because I wrote, it sounds like a transition track. Yeah. It sounds like something you'd throw in in between, just kind of... So frame another song. If anyone's interested, I will post a YouTube link to the entire album. Yeah. If this kind of caught your ear, because the whole album has these high highs and low lows, like yep. these really interesting things, and then it devolves into like this unlistenable glitch. Almost. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I like. I mean, again, I like that fuzzed out kind of vibe of a retro track. But yeah, sometimes. Yeah, I just didn't like it. But then, you know what? When I didn't like it, you know what I realized? I realized that that was just the hegemony of capitalism being slowly crushed, right? But, you know, by the specter of communism. <laughs> and then I got it. You know it I mean? all made sense. And the, then it clicked. The yeah. light bulb went on. Yeah. And then I vaped my pants because yeah. my libidinal energies were whoop, not sublimated anymore, bro. And I in my pants. <laughs> I, think there, I, I think I am starting to get it, though. Because you listen to the music... You're a little alienated. Then the libidinal fluids are no longer sublimated by the false utopia of <laughs> capitalism, right? And then they gotta go somewhere. And they, then you vape your pants. Then you vape your <laughs> pants, and that's what Marx was all about, if I remember right. I'm pretty sure the, uh, the whole communist manifesto <laughs> was just vape your pants. And then we vaped our pants. And then we vaped our pants. <laughs> that's aesthetic. All right. Uh, do you have any other? Things to say? No, no, okay. no. Yeah, no. So now we can uh, move on to the other proto vaporwave artist, James Ferraro. 
and his album Far Side Virtual, which was released in 2011. The track I wanted to talk about was Solar Panel Smile. Yeah. So, experimental electronic musician James Ferraro's Farside Virtual deliberately invokes the artificial style of corporate elevator music and obsolete <laughs> computer sounds. Mm-hmm. He samples things such as the Skype login sound, the windows shutting down sound, and the ambient music that plays on the menu of a Nintendo Wii. Ferraro said that he first conceived of this album for release as a series of ringtones, actually. And that listeners using the songs from the album as ringtones is the completion of the project. Wow. He would later go on to abandon this idea, fearing <laughs> that people would want to, uh, wouldn't want to purchase the music as a set of ringtones. Mm. But he did say, and I quote... Hopefully these songs will be made available for ringtone and the album will be condensed into ringtone format so the album won't be the centerpiece. It will just dissipate into the infrastructure. The record is just a contained gallery space of these ringtone compositions. Yeah, yeah, you know, I can I can sympathize cuz it's very hard to market uh, anti-capitalist stuff. You know what I mean? It's a market. It's yeah. a big challenge. You know what I mean? You got this anti-capitalist creativity. But you got to sell it. How are you going to sell it? You know, it's a tough. Uh, <laughs> hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Just trying to vape, you know, get our vape on. We need to get Marks in here and have him <laughs> lay down some knowledge. He'll tell him how to market this. He'll tell know. him how to vape his pants. <laughs> so the the album engages with concepts of hyper-reality. Hyper Uh, Disposable consumer culture, 1990s retro futurism, advertising and branding, pop art, and music kish. Mm. Ferraro created Farside Virtual with the Apple audio software GarageBand, which brought out the, quote, cheap digital sound, end quote, that he desired and called it a rubbery plastic symphony for global warming. Dedicated to the Great Pacific Garbage Patch. This is ringtone music meant to be experienced on the post-structuralist medium, the smartphone. So, yeah. yeah. And he, he has also described the album as a still life of the 21st century. Wow. Yeah. So That's aesthetic. It is. That's aesthetic. aesthetic. He also has said this about the album. Farside Virtual mainly designates a space in society or a model of behaving. All of these operating in synchronicity, like ringtones, flat screens, theater, cuisine, fashion, sushi. I don't want to call it virtual reality, so I called it Farside Virtual. If you really (laughs) want to understand Farside, first off, listen to Cloud Debussy. And secondly, go into a frozen yogurt shop. Afterwards, go into an Apple store and just fool around. Hang out in there. Afterwards, go to a Starbucks and get a gift card. They have a book there in the history of Starbucks. Buy that book and go home. If you do all these things, (laughs) you will understand Farside Virtual because people are kind of living it already. Whoa. Whoa, dude. That's the hyper real, bro. Well, I think some of your brains are leaking out of your ear because your mind was just blown. 
<laughs> no, it's vape juice. Oh, vape juice. That's vape juice. Vape out. goo. <laughs> Got my vape goo. Damn. So this this song, Solar Panel Smile, mm-hmm. the the three things it primarily samples is the Nintendo Wii menu music, the Nintendo GameCube menu music, and the Windows XP shutdown music. Yeah. What did you think of this track? Uh, so yeah, it's, you know, it's a fine line between trying to critique something and then just, dare I say it, aestheticizing it. Aesthetics. Which I know, I realize I'm using that incorrectly, saying aestheticizing, but you know, you're making it an object of art instead of making it explicitly as an object of critique. No, I realize this is like a... Uh, third wave Marxism, uh, Frankfurt School, and I know the vapor folks. They don't like that. It's third wave Marxism, first wave vapor. Wave. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. I think first wave vapor wave. They've read all this stuff, and they just reject it. I'm pretty sure they've read it word for word, and they reject it. I'm sure. I'm sure it's out there. They have good reasons. But uh, yeah, because reading this, I didn't. I I heard the kind of you know large coffee please and yeah. uh, and I heard you know the cell I like phone. a large coffee please. yeah the cell phone it met, was that MacBook or Microsoft Window what'd you say Window it was, it yeah was Windows, Windows XP and, do 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 and and uh, yeah. I I didn't get any overt sense that this was critiquing it instead it felt like it was just kind of playfully nesting it in a kind of wave of sound. So again, I mean, it's a. F- I'm not saying he's praising capitalism, but I. It more, can, is it Brian Eno who has songs, for, songs for an airport or something like yeah, that? Yeah. Well, interesting. You bring up Brian Eno. Yeah, Brian Eno made uh, ambient music, music for an for the airports. Yeah. He also composed the login and shutdown music for Windows yep. 98. Yep. He was commissioned by uh, Microsoft yeah. to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is a great little. Three-second ambient piece. <laughs> I'm being completely serious and earnest. The login music for Windows 98 dude. is beautiful. like fucking gorgeous. Yeah, it's like I'm being rocked in a little yeah. crib to bed. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's very peaceful. I mean, dude, that. So I mean, yeah, this song. It was uh, the word that just kept popping up is ambivalent. Like it could. I kind of liked it and I kind of didn't. I, at times, I felt like it was cool experimentation, but at other times, it felt kind of random and amateur. At times, it felt very profound, and other times, it felt a little pretentious. And sometimes, it felt very new, and other times, it felt very cliche. That's what I wrote. You felt, it sounds like you were like <laughs> at war in your yeah, brain I was, when you were listening to I it. I was like, I could hear this being something new, experimental, profound, but then I was kind of like, this is like kind of amateur. It's like a, almost getting at something, but I couldn't quite, you know, I don't know. What did you think? What did you think? This song is very weird for me. Simply due to the nostalgic association I have with the three sounds that are sampled yeah, in this. Right, like, right, right. I grew up listening to the Windows shutdown music, listening to the GameCube menu music, and listening to the Wii menu music. So, at first of all, it's like this, like, just like this weird vestibule of sounds yeah. from my childhood all like meshing with each other. Yeah. And then about halfway through, it turns into this, like, Shitty '90s <laughs> keyboard jam. Yep, like the most yep, plasticky, yep, yep, yep. fake '90s sampled. 
Yeah, very cheesy like, sounding. Which I know, after hearing him talk about it, was intentional. So that's intentional. Okay. You know, that, yeah. But, yeah, you yeah. know, it, it begs the question, like, when you go to a museum and you view art... Yep. And if you can't take in the meaning of the art without reading the artist statement, did it succeed in, you know... Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. yeah. Is the artist statement part of the project? Because if so, I yeah. think he successfully did what he needed to do. Yeah. But had I not read his intentions, I, I don't think I would have gathered it from simply listening to yeah. him. Yeah, what was the greater work of invention? The, the piece or the little paragraph of explanation next yeah. to it? Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah. I, but you know, I I found it it's interesting. Yeah. But I can't ever see myself like actively listening to this for pure enjoyment. Yeah. Like it, it's more of a statement or art piece than a song. Yeah. Like I'm not gonna throw this on a playlist. Yeah. So like, it's see, it's uh, interesting to listen to, but it doesn't have replayability. See, I think the problem is Jared, and don't take this the wrong way, but uh. You're so used to like thinking that everything in your head needs to refer to something real, but he's showing you that you're in the hyper real where simulation is simulacra and uh, he's inverting your expectations of capitalism and pushing the dialectic further so that you can vape your pants. Now, you see, and you're not getting that, bro. You see, you, huh? you could have saved yourself from saying that whole long winded <laughs> sentence by just saying, yes, A six six six. Yeah. A steady six six. <laughs> yeah. So uh, interesting. Get out of the hyper real, bro. You're in the Matrix, man. <laughs> I need to vape and free my mind. <laughs> yeah. No, no, but yeah, I, it's kind. It is kind of weird because I think we both. I don't know what this says about us. We both, I think, liked best the part that he wanted to critique. I like the beginning the best. I think you liked I did it too. the best. The second half. Is and apparently that's what he was trying to critique. So I don't know. Yeah, I guess we're just stuck in the hyper real, bro. Capitalism has got oh, all the minimal energies. Speaking of hyper real, and speaking <laughs> of all of this shit, going back a few episodes, yeah. talking yeah, about yeah. Picture Plane Yep. and his, uh, what was it? Fuck, I can't remember. His his manifesto that I read off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything yeah. about vaporwave would fit. I think so. In that. Yeah. Oh, what was it? Fuck. It was like Cyber Warlock manifesto. Yeah, or it was something, something crazy or, like that. Yeah, yeah, but it seems similar, very similar in in tone and style. You're stuck in the hyper real. Yeah, you're stuck in the hyper real. We're on the fucking. See, Jared, we just like that first part because it allowed us to temporarily re-experience. The pleasure, the false utopia of capitalism through those consumerist commodified objects, not realizing that it was alienating ourselves from our own libidinal energy so we couldn't vape our pants. Come on. I also just like Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> I just vaped myself, I, man. You I, said Nintendo? Yeah. Vaped. I just vaped yourself, too. <laughs> okay, so this proto vaporware then gave birth to Echo Jams. The first mic or subgenre of vaporwave, mm. which 
similar to Chuck Person's Echo Jams, takes old pop songs, usually with Kish value, and reconstructs them using delay, glitching, reverb, and other techniques to create new music. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Highly inspired by Chuck Person's Echo Jams Volume 1. The next subgenre was Utopian Virtual. Generally uses Muzak. Muzak. M-U-Z-A-K. Do you know what Muzak is? No. <laughs> so... It was a brand of background music used in retail stores and elevators in the 90s. It was literally labeled (laughs) Muzak. And vaporwave artists have been finding this. Okay. Like, you know, think like weather channel music. Yeah. Yeah. Actual elevator music. Like, there's music that sounds so boring and soft that you say, oh, this is elevator music. Yeah. And then there was music that was actually corporately created with the intention of being used as elevator music. Yeah. That's what Muzak is. It's a, it's Muse. actually like an easy listening genre. Yeah. So they would take these, they would find these elevator sounds, slow them down to kind of create this sense of a retro futuristic utopia. Yeah. This was inspired by James Ferraro's album. So then, upon Utopian Virtual being created, faux Utopian was created. Jeez. Fox Utopian, if you want to pronounce <laughs> the X. Aesthetic. <laughs> oh, yeah. So this takes the Utopian Virtual style and turns it on his head, presenting Whoop. a much darker and more surrealistic vision of a future that never was. This is perhaps considered to be the main style of vaporwave uh, okay due to the success of the faux utopian album uh, risa franku 420 gendai no kanpu by macintosh plus mm-hmm. was which is actually features a song which is our third song on the playlist okay so yeah yeah this album came out in 2011 called risa franku 420 gendai no kanpu which <laughs> translates to floral shop. Wow. Oh, wait. I just mixed that all up. <laughs> Risa Franku 420 Gendai no Kampi was the name of the song we're talking. I, I it's all these Japanese <laughs> characters. I'm sorry. No one's going to know. So no one's going to know. The, the album's name, <laughs> it's Japanese characters, but it translates into floral shop. Okay, okay. And now this is not... S H O P. It's Chope. S H O P P E. Chope. By the artist Macintosh Plus. That's the artist. Okay, okay, okay. The song we're talking about is Risa Franku 420 Gendai no Compu, which Oof. translates into. It's called. It's like um, Lisa Frank 420 Modern Computing. Like you know the the yeah. children's artist Lisa Frank. Wow, that's yeah. And then 420 and yeah. <laughs> so Macintosh oh. Plus is moniker of another artist named Vectoid, which is a moniker of a woman named Ramona Xavier, who is an American musician based in Portland, Oregon. And she began recording and releasing music when she was 14 years old and has allegedly released over 40 full-length albums since 2005. 
Some of her other monikers she records under New Dreams Limited, Prism Corp, Virtual Enterprises, Laserdisc, Vision, Vector Free, Vector Drum, Distant, etc. Fuji Grid, Sacred Tapestry, Tanning Salon, Virtual Information Desk. Yeah. She, she <laughs> almost like every album she puts out is under a different name. Xavier's music has been described as an expose of late capitalism mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. <laughs> and that it has a sensuous virtuality and new cyber pop unconsciousness. Dude, I love these guys. They're all about getting vaped off, dude. I love yeah. it. Oh, my gang. And it has also been said that Floral Shop, the album, is a shift towards beauty in an age that has nearly run the gamut of what artists and musicians can do. Tiny mm. Mixtapes has ranked Floral Shop number six on its list of 50 favorite albums of 2012. No kidding. Wow. Fact Magazine called Floral Shop the defining album of Bandcamp, the streaming service through which Vectroid releases her music. Yeah. And the album is actually Bandcamp's most user-recommended album underneath the experimental music category. No kidding. Wow. So... You know, this, if you were to pick a quintessential poster boy album for Vaporwave, it would be Floral Shop. Yeah. And if you were to pick a quintessential song to represent all of Vaporwave, it would be this song that we're talking about. This is the go-to cliched example of Vaporwave. This is it. Yeah. Actually, Vectoid stopped releasing music in early 2013 she's occasionally put out some like revisioned albums and collaborations with people and i think you're gonna like this <laughs> she actually spawned a helped spawn a subculture known as health goth wow health goth is an aesthetic aesthetic revolving around biotechnology oh monochrome sportswear uh -huh. fetish culture oh. extreme cleanliness and rendered environments i get it because like you get the biotechnology to get up your fetish on and then you gotta fucking clean that up you gotta get clean hygienic. that shit up so that's a in a rendered environment in a rendered yeah health goth has roots in street goth but focuses more on trans humanism oh shit net art Wow. Technical sportswear, bionic body parts, combat gear, and an understanding of whole body and mental health. Now, if you're interested in what street goth is, I found an article comparing and contrasting street goth to health goth, <laughs> as yeah. well as a third type of goth known as ninja goth. Ninja goth. But we don't have time to get into it, but Jesus. I will post this article and you're welcome to read it yourself. Dude, I got so many identities I need to look into that I could take on here. So the creators of Health Goth have stated the following key words they use when sourcing imagery for Health Goth. <laughs> Mesh. Moisture wicking fabrics. Ooh. Bioware. Body enhancement tech. Prosthetics. Prosthetics. Aesthetics. Nice. Shoe dipping. The, sh the old shoe dip. 
Do you know what a shoe dip is? No idea. <laughs> no idea. Okay. The only reason I know this is because of Dan Harmon, the creator of the show Community and Rick and Morty. On his podcast, he's revealed that he is a huge foot fetish. Oh. And he talks about about the different styles of like foot fetishes. Yeah. And dipping is when you dangle a shoe off your toe and like raise and lower it from the floor. Oh. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's fascinating. Okay, sorry. And the and then they vape their pants. When yeah, they and then they that, right? you vape your pants. That's afterwards. amazing. Wow. Sorry. Other keywords. Various fashion and performance wear brands. Transparent clothing. Mm-hmm. Chains and light weaponry. <laughs> Tactical gear. Elemental aesthetics. Aesthetics. Okay, I, I was waiting for you. Sorry. Corporeal modification and rendered environments. Also, just to be noted, it has nothing to do with being healthy. Yeah, because fuck that. The creators have distinctively (laughs) said health goth is not a lifestyle. It is an exercise in aesthetics. Aesthetics. Any publication trying to tell you that health goth is about working out has simply taken the two words at face value and opted for a less challenging and extremely boring alternative. Wow. You know, this is pretty interesting because it's almost like you're seeing, and I'm not even being ironic here, but, you know, there's a wave of a generation of Marxists who just critiqued culture, and then there was another wave of Marxists who were about not critiquing but seeing how you could self through self care express yourself in its total liberated identity, and you're, you're almost seeing a little microcosm of that. It's a little weird. It's all it's all making sense. That's a little crazy, it's all man. Connecting because nothing says resistance more than wearing transparent clothes. That's how you get rid of you know material inequalities yeah. is you know vape your pants, Just vape your pants and your transparent pants. Yeah, and do the shoe dip. Shoe dip. The shoe dip. So Floral Shop is Vectoid's fifteenth release and was her first venture into vaporwave. And it is now considered to be the quintessential vaporwave album. Hmm. Adam Harper, who we've talked about already, has described this album's content as chopped glitching and screwed adult contemporary soul alongside twinkling spa promotional tunes (laughs) and in case you were wondering its only physical release was of course on cassette tape with a limited edition series of 100 copies wow wow damn assessing the influence of floral shop on vaporwave Assuming it to be the genre's apex, James Parker of Tiny Mixtapes wrote, In many ways, Macintosh Plus embodied the vaporwave genre best. Not only did it provide some of vaporwave's most essential releases, but it also cannily folded at just the right moment, thanking us, thanking us all for visiting the virtual casino. <laughs> 2012 wasn't just the year that Vaporwave broke. It was also the year it exhausted itself, morphed, rebranded, its practitioners moved on. Wow. If any single release deserves to be remembered, though, it is surely Floral Shop. From the very beginning, it stood out not only for its artful marrying to the conceptual with the sensual, but also its performance of the inseparability between the two. 
Now this wow. track, which I messed up before. Risa Franku 420 Gendai no Kampu. It's it I've I've found two translations for it. Some think that it means Lisa Frank 420 slash modern computing. Yeah. Some think it means computing of Lisa Frank 420 slash contemporary. <laughs> it's pretty much just a slowed down and slightly remixed version of Diana Ross's 1984 song It's Your Move which was then retitled with the new name in Japanese characters. <laughs> I, I will post a link yeah. to the original song so you can hear how it's literally just a slowdown version of the song. Yeah. Now, the fact that Vectoid took this song, slowed it down, and rebranded it with a Japanese title, I don't know if that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard or the most genius <laughs> thing I've ever heard. Yeah, like, yeah. It's kind of punk rock. It's kind of just fucking stupid at the same time. Yeah. Yep. 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 Uh, what did you think of this? I mean, that, you, know, you just said exactly. That's how I feel about almost all of this. I can't tell if it's like genuinely creative and totally novel and fresh and transgressive or if it's just really fucking dumb. Exactly. I can't tell. I genuinely, honestly, I'm not being and sarcastic. I can't tell. The fact I that I can't tell, tell is what keeps <laughs> me so tethered I know. to it. Like, yeah, I'm so yeah, I interested because I can't decide what I think about it. It's, yeah, it's weird. I mean, because this song sounds very public access music vibe. Like, your low-budget local radio station this songs could be in between. in, like, a Tim and Eric skit. Exactly. Almost, I wrote that. I wrote yeah. that. I was like, Tim and Eric could have wrote this song. I mean, this could in have been... In jest. Yeah. In completely just to, like, sound shitty. They yeah. could do this song. And, you know, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I uh, genuinely don't know what to make of it. There's... This is where I kind of got the sense that Vaporwave is, like, a gentle remix. Because... Tell me if you think this is a little simplistic. But I tried to think, what are the different ways you can appropriate a song, right? One is you just don't appropriate it, and you just listen to the song, and you like it or you don't. You make fun of it or you don't. You just enjoy the aesthetic of it. Or you do remix it to say something different, and you're doing something very different with it. Or, but that's not this song either to me. This is like such a gentle remix that it's like at the point of just being ironic. Like there's not, besides just slowing it down and chopping a little bit, there's not a lot, unless I'm missing it, there's not a lot going on. There's not a lot that went of labor that went into this. Like this song could have been made in like 10 minutes. Theoretically, yeah. right? Yeah. I, so I, so again, then we're kind of getting to like wink core a little bit. It's like, do you appreciate the song only when you realize information about it beforehand so that you can ironically get it? Yeah. I don't know. And I I feel so conflicted about the song, but the one thing that makes me think I actually like it is that main melody gets stuck in my head. Yeah. Like, I'll just yeah, walk yeah. around all of a sudden I hear like... <laughs> and it, it's it's yep. not the Diana Ross version. It's the slowed down yeah, Macintosh slow down Plus Ma version. Yeah. Like there is something catchy about that slow down melody. Yeah. Now whether she intentionally was like, oh, this song would sound great slowed down, or yeah. if it was just like a happy accident, I don't know. But it it does get stuck in my head. Yeah. I will say. Yeah. The slowed down vocals. 
reveal some of the flaws in the harmonies in the song. Yeah, oh, I was wondering that too. Or did she like twist? I guess them? she might have. Twisted I don't know. It. Yeah, I, don't I couldn't know tell either. either. Yeah, I couldn't tell. But it's that like was... there's some of the harmon the harmonizing happening in the song that's very off-putting yep. when it's slowed yeah. down. Yeah, and like. Yeah, like I, 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 I just I don't know. Is yeah, I thought like the last minute of the song could have been like the basis of a song that had like added layers on top of it. I thought the last minute that was like slowed down and kind of a little bit weirder, kind of darker. I thought that could have been, but again, maybe I'm just not getting it. Maybe I'm too. You're you know, too old. My libido You're juices. Too old, you don't get it. Are too into the capitalist yeah. product. I don't because I thought you could take the like the last minute of this song, and that's like one tenth of what could be a really interesting song. But you add more stuff. You you know make it a song. I don't, yeah. But I don't know. But it's an inter. It is a. It is a genuine. I can say this. It's a genuinely unique sonic experience listening to this i don't know if i liked it it's though. true i don't I, know if i liked exactly it exactly how i feel <laughs> but that's it's exactly how I it feel. is a genuinely unique experience yeah. yeah so i guess then after that the next subgenre to emerge was can we do a few shoe dips first yeah Woo. you guys can't hear it but just Woo. know what's happening Woo. every that's time aesthetic. every time dominic woofs Woo. i'm vaping <laughs> So the next subgenre is called hypnagogic drift, which is a more dreamlike genre, creating weird hypnagogic. I don't even know how to say that word. Hypnagogic. Have you heard this term before? No. So hypnagogia or hypnogogia is the experience of the transitional state from wakefulness to sleep. Okay. So it is literally song that is trying to embody the feeling of that small amount of space between falling or being awake and falling asleep. The next subgenre to appear, which I mentioned already, was Mall Soft, which takes this idea of Mall Muzak. Muzak. Yeah. And reverbs it and washes it out to create a lucid dreamlike feel as though you're walking through a virtual plaza. <laughs> Another very controversial subgenre, future funk. Some people argue this is has nothing to do with vaporwave. Some yeah. people think it is part of vaporwave. It takes uh, it heavily samples 80s pop and smooth jazz but presents them in a much cleaner fashion. Hmm. It has been often compared to like French house music. Yeah, right. Some people are also calling it bro poor wave. Bro Similar to like how people don't like like people who are into traditional dubstep don't like saying Skrillex is dubstep. They say he's bro step yeah so this right. this future funk is this kind of more abrasive catchy stuff that the vaporwave people are trying to distance themselves from calling it bro poor wave <laughs> and then from that we got vapor trap which is simply put is vaporwave music with a trap beat on top of it which go. brings us to our fourth track teen pregnancy by blank banshee off the 2012 album Blank Banshee Zero. Hmm. Blank Banshee is a vapor trap artist. I think it's a guy. 
Uh, from what I gathered from the pictures I've seen of him, he performs in a mask. I, I believe it's a man. And also based off of where he plays most of his live shows, I believe he is Seattle, Washington based. But mm. This is all speculation on my part. Mm. It, pretty much he's anonymous as fuck. I, yeah, I don't yeah. know who he is. <laughs> as we get further to the present time in Vaporwave, the less I know about these artists because the anonymity has increased because it is now part of this shtick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this song... Uh, heavily samples two songs sunshine recorder by boards of canada boards of canada being one of my favorite yeah. electronic groups of all time and the message by grandmaster flash yeah okay yeah which you know classic 1980s early early hip-hop music yeah and i for the life of me, I could not figure out where the vocal sample came from. Really? Yeah. Throughout the no song, idea. the lines, I'm just a kid, and it was just a little mistake, are repeated. I'm assuming, in reference to the title, Teen Pregnancy is about a teenager who gets yeah. pregnant. Every time I try to Google that phrase, the only thing that this, the search would lead me back to is this song. Yeah. So it is, it is an unknown vocal sample. So, and there, there is a, a music video. Did you watch it? I did, yep, yep, yeah. yep, it, yep. It's, it's pretty straightforward. An aqua-haired girl does some blotter acid, which, if you look at the blotter acid, has the cover of this album on it. Whoa. And me not being a connoisseur of acid from... What the hell's wrong with you? Come uh, on. I'm sorry. Jeez. I'm sorry. I'm just Jeez. too busy vaping. <laughs> <laughs> from looking at the YouTube comments on it. Everyone could not stop commenting on how large of the of a the blotter acid was. They're like, dude, that's like ten fucking hits of acid. So she must have been <laughs> tripping goddamn balls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she takes this hit of acid and she basically walks around town listening to her iPod and the song she's listening to is this song Teen Pregnancy Yeah. and there proceeds to be a bunch of glitchy video effects that are attempting to emulate her acid trip and the music video ends abruptly with her iPod dying and her trying to like hit it and turn it back <laughs> so what did you uh, what did you think of the song and the music video and all of that I mean I can't say I hated it I didn't hate this song I didn't I just keep, I feel like a, a cop-out. I'm just ambivalent. Like, I don't hate it. I can't hate it. Because there's not that much there to hate. You know what I mean? It kind of has, you know, just a, it, it, the remixing in the sampling is so gently used that I have a hard time saying that it sounds bad, but I have a hard time identifying how the song is particularly created. That's all. I mean, yeah. I almost feel like it's a cop out. But I mean, I kept listening to it, and I was like, I don't hate it. You know, I kind of like the you know, wave of electronic, you know, electric keys. You know, at the start, they get faster, and then the sample. And the vo the lyrics are kind of pretentious and silly. And the video's a little pretentious and silly. It was just a <laughs> and it I couldn't help but feel like like this song was kind of like an artist. It, it felt like it was made by an artist who could be really good. But they're at an early stage where they're like, that kid who does acid for the first time and just stares at their hand. Goes, whoa, whoa. I will say, 
up there with Vectoid and Macintosh Plus. Blank yeah. Banshee is considered to be one of like the cream of the crop okay. vaporwave yeah. artists. Yeah. I'm not saying he invented Vapor Trap, but he definitely is considered like the foremost Vapor Trap artist vapor trap. in the genre. Yeah. But yeah, no, I agree. It basically sounds like he slowed down a Boards of Canada song. Yeah. Took the catchiest part of the message and then put like a keyboard sounding hand clap yep. beat over the whole thing. Yeah. You know? Okay, like you and I both have a huge appreciation for Steve Reich. Right? Correct. You've listened to him more than me. This, okay. His clapping song. You know, exactly. Yeah. Okay, it's like, what does it even mean for a genre, this niche to exist? Like, if Steve Reich, for instance, who I think has sampled probably every conceivable thing you can think of. That Not only that, but sampled. he might have given birth to sampling. Sampling. Yeah. Exactly. So it's like... Could, He's not credited with like creating a ton of genres. He's credited as just being an amazing fucking artist. But like, if he had just stopped and done nothing but wood, then would he have given birth to a micro genre called wood music? I mean, you know what I mean? It's like it makes wood, you wonder. Woodcore. It's like, are they focusing too much on tiny little modular changes, and they just make that too much of the song, and then the little micro genres exist? I don't know. It I could don't know. be. It, it, to me, it depends on time. That's the big thing, is will these genres last? Can a genre that's literally called vapor trap last? Or is it, by definition, you can only do a one-off? Well, I know a lot of people... Like vaporwave purists don't like to associate themselves with vapor trap. Like a lot of people say that vapor trap wouldn't have ever become anything had not Blink Banshee tagged his album under vaporwave when releasing it. Uh, Like simply by him trying to associate it with the vaporwave movement, it has now become a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's weird. This, I mean, this album, it definitely, even whether it's good or bad, is significant in that it marks a turning point in the genre. Yeah. When it's, I, whether or not I, I like this song or not, I'm not sure, but. Yeah, I'm not either. <laughs> I think with this song specifically, it is starting to become actual music. Yeah. And not like this, like, weird vaporwave bullshit stuff yeah. you know like you're yeah. starting to hear like oh this is almost like an enjoyable electronic song yeah and yeah not just like a weird anti-capitalist statement right right movement thing yeah yeah there's a little more going on but i don't know i guess i'm used to like 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 maximum mat you know there's minimalism and then there's maximum maximalism you know? Yeah. And like minimalist sampling or electronic would be like ambient. It's like as just and then the maximal would be like like Animal Collective or One O Tricks Point Never Arca. Or Arca. Yeah. Arca. There yeah. you and I can't figure out where this is. It's undefinable that. almost. Like it's you can't pinpoint exactly, it. Exactly. But it's somewhere in between that. You know, it's it's like it's not quite liquid, it's just vapor yeah. floating around us. Oh, Fuck, dude, I vape my pants. I vape my pants. So, I, 
yeah. I, again, I don't know what to say about this. It's not bad. It's not bad. I can't say I dislike it. But it's kind of like empty. Yeah. It's, it's like vapor. vaporware. It is fucking vapor. Yeah, yeah. it is. The song announces itself, and upon announcement, it's as if it never arrives. <laughs> so I, I guess at this point, you might be starting to ask, like, what the hell is Vaporwave? How yeah. can it be all of these different things at the same time? Yeah. Which is actually kind of a huge controversial subject within the community. You know, we have all of these different subgenres that are somehow underneath this blanket term of Vaporwave, yet there's not really like one sonic thematically coherent theme that runs yeah i said thematically theme <laughs> uh, that, <laughs> the that runs through all of them and you know a lot of people these days are starting to like see it as more of just a music genre but more of like an artistic movement similar to that yeah. like steampunk which has music film fashion you know like it, it, it has all these different Venues yeah, and mediums, yeah. yeah, because yeah, you look at some of these subgenres of vaporwave, and there's nothing tying them together. Yet they're both supposedly still vaporwave. Yeah, yeah. And some people think that it's also just this genre that is going back to Skrillex, who I bought brought up. It's this genre that's about to explode on the scene. You know, dubstep existed for years. Yeah. And then Skrillex came along, and all of a sudden, everybody knew what dubstep was. Yeah, yeah. So it's like we're almost just waiting for some mainstream artist to, like, see this and, like... T-Swift. They're seeing these kids appropriating and appropriating it for themselves, and then it's just a thing. Makes yeah. Yeah, You know, whichever way it's moving, one thing I can know for sure is Vaporwave is changing. Yeah. Some people say it's for the better, some for the worse. And the changing brings us to our last song, which is called Recovery by the group 2814 hmm. off the 2015 album Birth of a New Day. 2814 is a collaborative project between Telepath and Hong Kong Express who are two contemporary major vaporwave artists. Hong Kong Express, whose first name is David, I believe, is actually the owner of the largest vaporwave label today called Dream Catalog. Wow. I believe he's Scottish, actually. (laughs) He was on the Needle Drops podcast recently being interviewed about the state of vaporwave. Wow. So this album, Birth of a New Day, is being heralded as the future of Vaporwave and what it is becoming. It's keeping Vaporwave's aesthetic, aesthetic. but moving towards more complex melodies and original music rather than appropriation and sampling of 70s and 80s music. And it relies heavily on the use of drone and ambience rather than like traditional song form. In November of 2015, Rolling Stone added this album to their 10 artists' albums you need to know list of uh, 2015. Nice. And uh, Resident Advisors, which is a music review website, Andrew Rice had this to say about the album. Uh, the album from 2814, which comprises of Hong Kong Express and Telepath, lands closest to ambient and is among the most mature and considered albums on the Dream Catalog label. 
Originally released at the beginning of 2015, it has been reissued by Not Not Fun on Cassette, essentially taking Birth of a New Day out of digital vaporwave streaming closer to earthly artists such as Robe Door and White Poppy. Despite the content, it still feels like most vaporwave albums. Mm. Alternatively brilliant and sloppy, emotionally <laughs> resident at some moments, and hollow the next. Yeah. Yeah, hey. Yeah. Which I Could, think really I, that's what we were agreed with. Totally yeah. gets what we were saying. Yeah. I don't know. What did you think of this track? I like this song a lot. If you had just played this for me, I would not have guessed it was part of it. I wouldn't have, I'll be honest, I would not have said I need some new genre, some new vocabulary to understand this song. I like this song. I thought it was really good, ambient kind of music. And it had this big metropolis urban vibe. I've been to Hong Kong, yeah. and it reminded me of going around Hong Kong at night. And you know, you hear swirls of sounds and lights, and then dark alley. It's quiet, and taxis and people, all the different. Co- yeah, I loved it. I loved this song, but I don't think it's part of paperweight of a genre. I don't know. Th- then it gets down to what is a genre? Is a genre just? Now I'm gonna get real Marxist here, bro. Is a genre? Buckle up, everybody. All right. So first I vape my pants. Not <laughs> but is a genre just something that people need to sublimate their little juices? But they don't really need it. Why do you need a genre? Why do you need, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. What did you think? Did well, this song sound vaporwave to so, you? So, interesting note. If you go on the Bandcamp page for this album and you go under the tags... They do not list vaporwave on it uh, at all. Really? And I the labels if, of wow. I don't know if they are like intentionally trying to distance themselves from the genre. Yeah. I don't yeah. know if they simply just see this album as like, I still like vaporwave, but this isn't vaporwave. And the name of the album is Birth of a New Wave. Birth of a New Day. Of a New Day. A new okay, day. okay, okay, yes. okay. But if you but might still, as well say way, yeah, yeah. No, it's yeah. interesting. Okay, so I guess going back to your first question, I fucking love this song. Yeah, this is it's fantastic. Great, dude. That's if a this, good song. If this is what Vaporwave is going to be, yeah. I am on board, yeah. and I am going to be first in line for every album that comes out because yeah. this album, this song was moody, atmospheric, yeah, chilling, yeah, but like chill at the same like chilling and chill as two separate things. Yeah, yeah, and it's interesting how you who has been someone that's been to Hong Kong, yeah. said that you kind of felt like this sounds like what it's like to walk around there because yeah. this album is actually a concept album about wandering Hong Kong well, on a warm and rainy night, yeah. just taking in like the pink neon light yeah. and the trains and the traffic and the skyscrapers. Yeah. And that this whole album is supposed to sound like that. I'll have to check it out because lo- it genuinely did remind me. It made me nostalgic for being Because yeah. Hong Kong... I would say more than like Tokyo. I haven't been to Tokyo, but I've heard people have been to both. Hong Kong is like more the quintessential big metropolis with tons of little subcultures and and everyone's really nice yeah. and it's just noises and it's kind of got that like Blade Runner vibe. You fucking seen Blade Runner? You yeah, know, it's just an amazing place. And I felt that man. I mean, it was great atmospheric ambient music that yeah had i think you're right it was chill and it was kind of chilling it had range it had emotional range it was great yeah and i i love like it made me like 
pine over something I've never experienced, like the beginning with just that like reverbed piano. In a real fucking piano. Yeah. Not shitty electric. And then there's like piano. the yeah. faintest, softest voice of like a female speaking in Chinese, like whispering yep. in the background. Yeah. It just sends shivers up my spine. Yeah. And then yeah. like when that bass comes yeah, in. Yeah, like 130. Yeah, and it's big, like, and it, drop. it's, it's yeah. a very like formless bass. Yeah. It's, it's not a defined bass. It's very abstract. It, it, it's like, like a it's swirling sound. It's a weird way to put sound. it, but it's, it's not yeah. a defined bass. It's like a hint of a bass, but it's yeah. it's booming. Yeah. It, it's fantastic. It's just, yeah, I love this song. Yeah. Yeah, it's, there aren't a lot of songs that conjure images, but this one, it was like, Movement and lights and being intoxicated. Yeah. It was great. If this is the direction that the vaporwave is moving, I want to ride that yeah. wave. Because it felt like there was intention, serious intention and thought and meaning put into the song. I agree. That I didn't feel so much in the other songs. Other songs, I mean, what did Miles Davis say? There's only two things you ask about a good song. Was there an idea? And did you project? Were you loud? And this song had an idea. You know what I mean? And it went with it. Sure. And I could tell. The other songs, I couldn't grab on anything. But this one, this one had an idea. I totally agree. So I I, I feel like I can be safe to assume that both of our favorite tracks yeah, it was, was <laughs> Recovery yeah. by yeah. 2814. But now we're getting into a real interesting question. That first song, especially, right? Where A1. We liked the beginning. Was it the first? Yeah. No, no, it was the second one where we liked the beginning, we didn't like the second part. Yes. If the goal is to put you in an experience where you feel nostalgic and you remember consumerist things and then you become alienated and frustrated from it, then song number two. They that achieves. That achieves. It and this but I don't like last <laughs> and this last song does I not achieve. I liked it. You're right, I liked it. So that's the big So yeah, either either this is redefining vaporwave. Yeah. Or it is simply using vaporwave as like a springboard into some yet to be named genre yeah. or movement of music. It's the big question vaporwave people are gonna have to answer is are you supposed to enjoy the music? That's a good point. For real, That's I mean, a good point. Karl Marx, man. I don't think he liked music, but there's a whole lot of Marxists out there who would say this is all distraction. They're gonna have to come to terms with that. The rest of us, we're just gonna vape. These our are just—they're just trying to distract <laughs> us from the <their laughs> capitalist overlord tones. Exactly. And, yeah. <laughs> opiate, but no, opiate. Masses. Wait. So, what's the name of the artist for song number five? I, I get it all. Two eight one four. Okay, it's two eight one. Album's name, Birth of a New Day. Song, Recovery. Okay. And if you're Googling it, it's two space eight space one space four. So you're not going to say 2814. And they just posted on Facebook the other day that their next album is on the verge of coming out. Dang. So I guess uh, that probably wraps everything up. Do you have any final thoughts on Vaporwave? or? You can't say any better than myself. <laughs> if you are interested in checking out more on Vaporwave, I highly recommend 
checking, uh, checking out the page for this episode on our website. I will be posting those mini documentaries I was talking about, as well as links to the, some of the full albums if you want to hear more, along with some humorous videos about the genre and maybe some funny meme pictures that I found about it. <laughs> also, if you want to hear more episodes like this, please send us genres. If you want to hear us talk about a song you like, please send us a track. If you make music yourself and you want us to talk about it, send us your music. You can send it to us at facebook.com slash shuffle, at shuffle podcast on Twitter, shufflepodcast.tumblr.com for Tumblr. Email us, shufflecastpod at gmail.com. Or if you know how to get hold of me personally, feel free to send it to me yourself. Also, one last plug, please listen to the Game Cave podcast. It is a podcast where some friends of mine and I talk about video games. SoundCloud.com slash the game cave podcast check it out other than that uh vape out aesthetic hard and get your libidinal juices your libidinal back juices back because that shit is getting sucked in all hashtag libidinal juices <laughs> all right thank you for listening and we will see you later bye bye